time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Right Conversations. I said that really funny today. Uh, I'm really, really excited about today's episode. Um, you know, it's really interesting, the topic that we're going to be talking about today with one of my favorite humans on the planet uh, is something that when I met Bobby, my guest, who I'll introduce you to in a moment, um, I barely knew anything about. I knew enough about to teach, you know, very basic stuff in sex ed. I knew enough to uh, work with people in a sex therapy context. But on a on a personal level, I was very much a novice. And since that time, um, I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot. And I'm really excited to have kind of a one-on-one all the way up to some of your questions that you submitted to me all about butt stuff. So I'm going to stop talking. Let me introduce you to my guest today. Bobby Box, will you please tell everybody listening who you are, what you do, why you're here, and why I love you? <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Hello, everybody. I am Bobby Box. Rachel, I just got to say first, I freaking missed you. So it's so good to be able to talk to you right now. Um, it's been, yeah. So uh, let's get into, I mean, one of my favorite topics. Let's just talk about me for a while. Yeah. Um, so I I just got a new job recently. I'm um, the brand ambassador and product educator at B-Vibe, which is I feel like the unheralded, the best butt plug company, the best anal sex Agreed. company on the planet. And um, our our umbrella company is COTR, Children of the Revolution. So under there, we also have Lawand, which is a fantastic company as well, and the Cowgirl. So prior to this amazing gig, I was a sex journalist, and I was uh, the sex columnist at Playboy, I am still the sex columnist at Grinder. I get to do that as a side gig because it's the column is gay sex ed. And I that's really my focus because when I first came out, I felt that there was absolutely zero resources out there for me, or mm -hmm. at least resources that were out there from credited professionals. You know, I learned a lot through word of mouth from friends and I made almost every mistake you could possibly make. I'm sure these will come up in conversation during this podcast because it has definitely <laughs> happened. And I like using it as learning experiences, you know, do as I say, not as I've done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. <laughs> also, can I just tell you how like sick it is to hear you say that you're the sex columnist at Grinder? Like, do you know I'm how, like, wouldn't little Bobby be so proud of Bobby right now? You know, like it's it is absolutely crazy that I am just doing what I'm doing right now. Even my parents, like very close with them, and they're like, "We, you, this little shy boy who wouldn't talk to anybody, is now fully talking about his butthole to like everybody who will listen." <laughs> it's it's honestly it's such a I can't even believe it myself, and I feel like you know, Grinder is the biggest app for queer people out there yeah. and what an honor you know to be able to yeah. speak to that audience and then also to have playboy on that on your resume and like just i think people so many people hear playboy and they think of this like heterosexual objectification of cis women by mm -hmm. an older male and right it's so it's grown so beyond that and i think it's just such a, a re beautiful reminder to have your name associated there right and to that point actually uh i came out the first person i ever came out to was to my playboy editor <gasps> and yeah like i i was just so it was overwhelming the amount of stress it was causing me because i came out mm -hmm. later in life i came out around 26 27 and my editor was gay and very 
proudly gay and I just felt very comfortable with him and I came out to him and he said he just gave wow. the best advice I think all he said was it's going to be very overwhelming but just make sure you enjoy this process because you're going to be feeling a lot of things and to be truth like I when I came out I feel like I regretted coming out that was my first instinct was to be like oh no I shouldn't have done that I just turned my world upside down like I was mentioning to you in previous conversations, whenever I make a decision, I tend to overthink yeah. and make I thought the wrong one. So this was just another like, oh no, people know I'm gay now. Like, you know, even career-wise, I was working for Playboy mm -hmm. as the sex columnist, you know, like, oh, we're gonna have a gay man write about this. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it was just, I could have ruined my career. Thankfully it launched my career, so. And it, what a beautiful example of, it is scary to be who you are in the world and yet being who you are in the world has helped you thrive in your career and life. Right. Oh, I love it. Okay. So for anybody listening right now who you're like, Bobby box, why does that sound so familiar? Bobby and I have taught uh, multiple workshops together. Uh, mm -hmm. I was on his podcast that he had with my friend and colleague, Gabby Castle uh, called bad in bed. If you guys haven't listened to that, it's no longer active, but all of the info is like very much still relevant. So give it a listen. Um, Bobby, is there anything else about you that you want to share before we we dive into butts and butt stuff and butt sex and butt training and all <laughs> things butts? Yeah, you know, I guess before we go into that is maybe my own journey with butt yeah. sex. Yeah. And yeah, so it wasn't an easy road. <laughs> it... Uh... <laughs> Because unfortunately, I didn't have, like I was mentioning earlier, I didn't have the resources to know what I had to do. So I kind of trusted in my sexual partners who, for the most part, weren't very considerate of my own pleasure. And also didn't know what to do. Exactly. That's that part. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. essentially, the reason why I got into sex education was because I was like, well, I need to be, I want to become that resource to people who were in my position and little did I know that B vibe who was doing the same thing as I was. And if I knew who they were when I first came out, I wouldn't have gone through what I went through. So I keep saying what I've gone through. So let me mention it. Yeah. I would say the, um, I laugh at it now because you know, it's ha it's in the past and ultimately it taught me so much and I can speak to so many different experiences that people have had because it's happened to me. I essentially got a, an anal, anal fissure that was so bad that it had to be operated on. So I'm talking like you have to go to the hospital, they give you an epidural oh and then they strap you in, you know, they sew you up. You've got a scar, a permanent scar in there. So you then, you know, like anal sex after that takes like, you know, you got to take special consideration of your scar. And it was just, it was, I would say the recovery was perhaps maybe the most pain I'd ever experienced in my life. Oh. So don't recommend. Yeah. Can you describe for anybody who is um, not familiar, what is an anal fissure and how, yes. how does that happen? Okay. So an anal fissure is essentially a tear in your anus rectum area in your anal canal when um it is stretched beyond its uh cu current capacity because capacity can always be uh it's very elastic so it can be stretched it can be i obviously my eyes were bigger than my hole so to speak <laughs> and i overexerted it and i paid the price and that's why mm. i very much at the forefront of my education is, you know, taking things slow, using lube, like not, like I said before, not doing as I did, because a lot of the sexual exchanges, you don't want to disappoint your partner. So you go along with it, even if, you know, you're not totally sure if you're able to handle it. That's where I was in that situation where it happened. I was like, oh, this is a big penis. Sure. Let me try it. And then. Right. Sure that's what happened, you know? So, well, and given that most of the, uh, sex ed out there, which is minimal anyway, but the, the sex ed that is out there is generally geared towards or biased towards heterosexual, uh, PIV penetrative mm -hmm. sex, a vagina works very differently than yeah. a butt. 
And the idea that like, you know, just add some lube and like it'll adjust right away is just like not the case. I, I used the analogy the other day with someone of like, if you haven't ever worked out and you go to the gym and you try deadlifting 200 pounds, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. And like the butt is kind of more, it's more like that than a vagina, even though they're both stretchy, they both can expand and contract. They both, you know, they, there are similarities there. You yeah. can really fucking hurt yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, you know, your sphincter muscles, which are essentially your butthole. That's what makes your butthole is the it's uh there's a chamber and there's two muscles in there and there's your internal sphincter which is involuntary which means you can't naturally contract it with your body and then the external which is you know you can contract it so that is essentially when you're using toys or uh having sex which is why we always say anal training you need to work out those muscles so that they know how to contract and how to accommodate various size objects, penises, et cetera. So it is, it's exactly your anal sphincter muscles are no different from another muscle. You've got to work them out in order to lift heavier weights. But in this case, you're taking larger toys or penises. Yeah. Okay. So you did not do anal training and you wound up literally needing surgery. Yes. And that's exactly why I would say anal training is probably my my biggest focus, I would say, in my, you know, mm -hmm. education when I try to impart knowledge on others. Mm -hmm. And it's honestly, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but it is very important just to like constantly work at it. So like you would any other muscle group, I would say if you have a anal training kit, which B-Vibe does carry, or just a toy that you're comfortable with, a butt toy, yeah, insert it. Flex your sphincter muscles around the thickest part of the toy roughly 10 times for three sets. Again, like you would uh, arm workout every week, you know, like your biceps. And yeah. just keep that muscle uh, flexible. Keep it trained. And like you will not, I'm not going to say for certain, but you will, there's a very good chance that you will not experience any discomfort when having anal sex because your butt knows what to expect at that point. Oh, I love this. Okay, so can I dive into some of this anal training stuff with you? Yes, please do. Okay. So I have two questions. I want to ask for the people who are listening who are like, anal training, this is the first time I've ever heard of that. I yes. want to ask for that group. And then I want to ask for people who are like, yeah, I know, Bobby, I did the anal training. I've like sized out of what these quote unquote training kits are, and I don't know what to do now. And right. I want to honor kind of both of those experiences. So let's start with anal training that that group <laughs> mm -hmm. um so what where can someone start and how how have you what are some of the biggest pitfalls like what do people need to know going in that you wish maybe you knew before other than do it oh yes so i always recommend that when people are about to start their anal journey the best thing you can do and the most affordable thing you can do is just put your finger up there Mm. <laughs> because it's free so you know <laughs> make sure that, that you've got your you know your fingers trimmed and filed so that you're not going to cut yourself up there get mm -hmm. a liberal amount of lube and you know i never say just shove it in rub you know rub the anus a little bit which is your butthole mm -hmm. and then slowly work your way in and see how that feels you'll feel those sphincter muscles i was mentioning they're a ring of muscle that you will definitely feel and i always something i recently discovered in terms of being just like really understanding your body a lot better is mm -hmm. if you do fit your finger inside and you're comfortable doing so push out as if you're having a bowel movement and you will feel how much your sphincter muscles relax and the anus opens up mm. and it's it's spectacular to know that your body can do that it's such like a fascinating feeling it's something i did in the shower you know just in case there was any mess that might have happened mm -hmm. and it was just i just remember being like wow like the more you understand your own anal anatomy the better the easier it will be to figure out how anal sex works and yeah. so once you work your way through a finger you should gradually it's always a gradual process don't ever 
jump up to like a size, a toy that's like more than double the size of what you were using previously, because that's just going to hurt yourself. So uh, that's a good rule of thumb. So if you're, if you're upgrading, whether that's from finger to toy or toy to bigger toy or toy to penis or penis to penis, you don't want to go more than double. Right. Exactly. So like I was mentioning, there is an anal training kit and education set at Bevide that obviously I always recommend and I wish I had. And it's got it's a series of three toys. The first is a little larger than your finger. The second is a little larger than two. And the third is a little larger than three. So it's working your way through that. It also comes with an enema bulb if you want to uh, clean out beforehand an anal douche. It's got a lubrication launcher and it's got like an over 50 page guide that teaches you all the basics of anal sex, like anatomy, uh, best positions, you know, why lube is important, everything like that. So I, if I knew that existed, I wouldn't be in the position I was in, but then there's always, you know, you can use your eyes as well and be like, this toy seems manageable because some people will see a toy that's a little smaller than, I mean, a little larger than a finger and be like, okay, I can handle much, you know, I can do bigger than that. So I always say, though, with most training kits or dilation sets, once you've worked through the last size, you should be able to comfortably have anal sex with a penis. Okay. Okay. So let's say someone wants to, this is now group B. Someone (laughs) has like successfully anal trained. They're like having anal sex at the frequency that they would like to be having it. What Mm -hmm. does maintenance look like? Like what, what does it look like to, cause it is a muscle, right? So if you, in the same way that if you were using the gym as an analogy, you don't work out for like three weeks cause you're on vacation. When you mm-hmm. come back, you may not be able to like lift the same amount that you did that very last day. Exactly. What is, what is maintenance like? How can you kind of like maintain your training without necessarily, you know, going up to these. I want to call them comically large and I don't even mean that in a judgy way. I mean that in like a fun way, but like some of these comically large plugs where you're like, I could not possibly wear that around in my life. There would be this like huge thing sticking out of me. Right. So I always say like, again, I love the gym analogy. I use it myself too. Uh, Whenever you go to the gym, say like you, you were mentioning and you can't lift that same weight after a few weeks off, and you try going back to it, your muscles are just going to be like, oh God, like what, what was I doing? Like, this is not comfortable at all. So you just go back to your earlier sizes and you work your way through it again, but you will be able to work through them quicker because there's muscle memory there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you're trying to get to bigger sizes, again, you're still in the same. I always say the butt is like, it's a large room, but it's, there's a small door to get into this large room because <laughs> the rectum is quite large yeah, and it can accommodate much larger sizes than your sphincter muscles can. So that's the small door. So what you got to do is you got to make sure that that door is able, because once you're through the sphincter muscles, you're usually in the clear in terms of discomfort or that, that initial kind of like, Oh, I'm being stretched. That mm. stretching sensation, which for a lot of people is extremely arousing, but that's when it's done properly, right? Yeah. So when it's not done properly, you it's just that natural fight or flight and you're like, get out of me now. This is, way <laughs> too, you know? And so like when you are into uh, something I like to say for people who are starting to get into say larger toys or anything like that, or a larger penis perhaps is to lift your knees in any sort of position. So like if you're, you know, missionary, just lift your knees. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're using a toy, just lift your knees because that actually straightens out your rectum because mm-hmm. your rectum is not a straightforward, you know, tube. Uh, that would be very convenient, but there are twists and folds everywhere. And the pubo-rectal sling, it's called, where is the where you meet your first curve. So when you do lift your knees, it actually straightens out that um that passageway. And that's why like squatty potties are so popular because you are, it encourages you to bend your knees to a more and straight now degree. Yes. So like the stool just flushes right out. It's just a cleaner, clearer path, you know, that's very cool. So if you are someone who wants to have pretty frequent anal sex, do you recommend that that person wears a plug semi-often? Yes. So there are certain plugs that are designed for long-term wear and other ones that aren't. So 
There's a snug plug line at B Vibe that goes from size one to seven. And these are weighted plugs that have their torpedo shaped so that they're thin on both ends, but then the middle is meaty and thick so that you get that feeling of fullness and it's got weights on the inside so that they needs to have that for long-term wear a toy needs to have every toy needs to have a flared base. Let's talk about that. And I'll address yeah. that because flared bases, your butt is essentially a vacuum once you get through the sphincter muscles and whatever yeah, just goes sucks in, that right up. Exactly. So you don't want a trip to the hospital. So before you buy any butt toy, please make sure it has a flared. That's, I would say the most important because you don't want to go to the hospital but these when you're doing a long-term wear toy you want it to be able to be removed just as easy as it is as it is to insert you know what i mean because a torpedo shape goes small and then large in the middle and then it goes small again so that means in terms of insertion it goes small so that you can anticipate the feeling and then large so that when you remove it's the same thing you're still going to have to go through that moment of going from smaller to larger to get through that do you know does am i painting a visual or am yeah, i totally okay. no 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 yeah I just want to make sure helpful. that like i'm you're like what the hell are you talking no, about no 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 i'm totally i'm trying i'm with you i'm with you yeah because some butt plugs go from a very severe like hard edge then to the very thin stem before it gets to the flared base you want something that's gonna be easy as easy to remove as it is to insert and there aren't a lot of toys out there like that unfortunately a lot of butt plugs go just very thick all the way to the bottom and those aren't ones that are going to naturally stay inside of you so if you're yeah. doing a long-term wear you're going to want to do that but if you don't want if some people don't like the feeling of a butt plug just being inside of them they would rather more active motions mm. and that's where something like a if you have a prostate even if you don't it still feels good a prostate massager or your standard plug like i love the rimming plugs mm -hmm. for myself because not only are they, they're just perfectly shaped and that's actually, that's actually bringing me to a very important point that I almost missed and I will not miss it. Um, <laughs> I always encourage everybody, no matter what your level of anal sex is to always, if you have the time, you know, sometimes sex is very spontaneous and you can't plan, but I love a little pre-dilation before you have anal sex. So if I'm going to have a hookup, I essentially will be like, okay, come over at this time. And then roughly an hour before I will use a very modest sized toy just to get my, mm. my rectum and my, my anus more specifically, just accustomed to what's about to come, you know, like let's, let's, and <laughs> I like the ribbing, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's just, you know, like the I'm a 10 year old child. <laughs> I know. And like, it's hard not to get into the innuendos, you know what yep, I mean? Yep, yep. Myself. But yeah, so it. it's just like what that, in addition to just exercising your sphincter muscles, you can also lubricate it very liberally. And then you've got essentially the size of a penis lubricated inside your, your bum. Yeah. So that it's a it's a good lubricant. It's also a good way to uh, test for any potential mess. You know, if you use a toy and it comes out and there's some stool or fecal matter on there, maybe you should do a quick clean in the shower. It's just it's that it tells sense. you a lot of different things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so I have to ask what I think a lot of people might make a uh, face, but I I you're the person that we're going to ask if we're going to ask this. Absolutely. So if someone is wearing a plug for long-term wear, mm -hmm. let's say it's designed for that. They know it's designed for that. They're taking good care of themselves. They're following everything that you've said so far. And that plug smells like poop. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it is, you know, maybe it was messy at one point, but like this, this thing is being cleaned after every use it's like it's being you know everything is doing the way that we sh quote unquote should be and yet they go to put it in the next time and nothing just smells like shit literally mm -hmm. what if, what do we do with this what is that like what what happens oh so like why if does the toy smell all the time even after yeah cleaning, or just yeah and like what what should people do with that well with certain materials I find that with if you've got a higher quality product, say it's made with 100%, you know, body safe silicone or metals or glass, mm -hmm. it's usually easier to get any sort of stench out. 
But there are many different ways you can clean a sex toy. And I understand that um, first, I, before I get into any of this, I want everybody to know that if there is any poop anywhere, it is totally normal. Yeah. And that everybody, no matter the insertive partner, the receptive partner, you know, shit happens and you're actively penetrating the area that shit comes out of. What do you expect? Like, you know, I've spoken to every medical professional. Well, not every, (laughs) but I've spoken (laughs) to every person on earth. But all of the, you know, like very anal doctors and they're like, there is no way to guarantee that it is going to be 100% clean. No matter how much douching, never starve yourself. Let's talk about that. And just, you know, people do all of these things just because there's so much embarrassment around poop. And, you know, people have had experiences where some partner has treated them or shamed them so much that they've never bottomed or had receptive anal intercourse ever again. And that's just so sad that something you see pleasure in is robbed from you because of somebody else's reaction, ignorant reaction. So hate that, but to get, sorry, I went off on a tangent. Rachel knows I love to talk. So I love it. I love it. There, you know, honestly, most toys can be cleaned as long as it's not motor. Well, no, that you can clean most toys with just like a dish soap and water with a sink. And I would say that if there's a stench, I personally like to um, use a toy cleaner that you can just douse, cover it. Mm. and leave it and then wash it again and there you can use a dishwasher if you put it in the top as long as it's not motorized you can put it in the top uh rack of a dishwasher no soap and completely sterilize it by putting it through the sterilization cycle which i find is kind of one that that's how you can tell that your toy is like fully sterilized which i enjoy but i know that's cool yeah and Also the fact, but some people might be like, listen, I don't want your poopy toys in my dishwasher. (laughs) So (laughs) you can also, obviously you're going to give it a hand wash before then. Yeah. You're not going to put it in covered in shit. Exactly. And just make sure the whole thing is empty, you know, with a a safe toys. You can also boil your toys for, again, if they're not motorized for three minutes and you'll be good to go. Like there's also a bleach solution you can do, but I'm never a fan of bleach, just that word. And then internally using a toy. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's steer clear. You know, like I like the thing. I like water and soap. That sounds right. That sounds about right. I'll wash my butt with water and soap. I can, you wash my toy with the same thing, you know, and that's essentially my favorite ways to clean it. uh, Anal toys. That's really helpful. And I I just, I want to name for any, uh, vagina owners that are listening that the the way that you can clean anal toys are is not the same as cleaning uh toys that are going to insert you vaginally there are some things that overlap like you can use toy cleaners on both you can boil things in both and they're very different um but both areas have microbiome which is something that i learned from evan goldstein dr evan goldstein icon Right. Can you tell us a little bit about him, that future method, like anything that you want to speak about from that area? Yeah, I find that Dr. Goldstein is kind of leading the crusade against douching or at least douching with water. water. Yeah, because it does. So what happens is when you douche, you essentially you're interfering with what's naturally happening in there. And he taught me all of this. So you've got a natural microbiome and it, you know, it t- it helps you poop smoothly. It helps everything. It helps you digest food. It, it just keeps everything in working order. So when you douche, you're wiping away s- some of that bacteria, which causes an imbalance. So the microbiome's kind of like, okay, what the hell's going on here? Like, so essentially what happens is you disrupt that area, which could cause stomach issues but it can also affect the uh the lining of your rectum which makes it easier to have tearing or scratching or discomfort or you know sti transmissions it's just 
It's a mess. So essentially, he has a product that's made of an isotonic solution that you can douche with that doesn't affect that at all. So you can douche as often as you need to without fear of interfering with that natural microbiome in that area. That's so brilliant. Right? I I also really noticed, like truly noticed a difference. This is, I usually don't talk about my own sexual activity, but because this is like maintenance, I think it's okay. Um, I, I have noticed such a difference in the way that my anal area feels Mm -hmm. using tap water in a traditional bulb versus using the future method solution with the, the bulb that comes with it. Like it's really, at first I was like, I don't know, like how much could this really make a difference? And then I thought about like how I don't like the taste of most tap water. Right. And I was like, huh, if I don't want (laughs) to drink it or if I have to put like a fuck ton of ice in it to make it drinkable for me, Mm -hmm. it might be affecting my my inner butt differently than this other stuff. Like we wouldn't put tap water in an IV. Right. And the very fact that the douche bulb that comes with it is like half the size of your standard commercial. So it's just, it goes to show you like, this is a doctor telling you that this is how much water you need. And, you know, it's just, it's been, he's been one of my favorite sources for articles and he's just truly a fantastic resource that who actually helped coach me after I um, had my, anal surgery on how to kind of make it out the other end with the scarring and everything. So he's incredible. Highly recommend following him. Yeah, truly. I think I'm just going to say this now because I'm not affiliated with either brand, but love them. Mm-hmm. I think that B-Vibe and Future Method need to like join forces with the enema bulb and like instead of the regular enema bulb, put Future Methods bulb and the solution in the B-Vibe kits. That would be, I'm all for that. Right. Yeah. Right. And then future method doesn't sell plugs. So then like put the plug kit with the future method kit. I just think that there's like a a missed opportunity here, guys. Yeah. Alicia and Evan, if you're hearing this, combine forces. Well, and that, you know what? I'm all for that too, because listen, before I even started with B-Vibe, I was just a journalist who got sent butt toys all the time. It was what they wrote about. (laughs) I got, so they just send me everything. And essentially... My two favorite brands were always B-Vibe was always, you know, their focus on education and the toys are just superior quality and future method for the same thing. They are very education focused and in a different way, more hygienic, you know, they're they're creating and like medical, like, yes. And I just was like, wow, this is actually, I'm just so glad that these companies exist because we all have had the same goal of educating on anal sex because listen my thing to say is if we were taught of anal sex the same way we were taught about p p and v sex oral sex you know a sex education if it was included under sex education at all it wouldn't be considered taboo it would we wouldn't be having any mishaps there wouldn't be a fear around it because anal sex like vaginal sex and any kind of sex comes with risks it does have bodily fluids that can interfere and there's i don't understand why well i that i do understand why that's what angers me about it is anal sex has this this fear around it because we're not taught about it or talking about it is taboo or homophobia i could go for yeah Okay, so this is something I know you and I have talked about when we've done uh, workshops together. And I want to name it here just in case many people listening haven't taken one of our workshops, which is why on earth? This gets me so fired up. And I can imagine that as a gay man, this gets you even more fired up. Mm -hmm. Why is anal play synonymous with someone's sexual orientation? Like, when in the world did someone say, you know what makes someone like other men getting their ass licked? Yeah. <laughs> like what? We all have asses. I'm not even a man. I like no. I I have a vagina and I like anal play. Does that make me a, 
a gay man? Like, what about people who are non-binary? What about what about cis men who enjoy anal play and don't want to have anal sex with another man? Oh yeah, and it it, it comes from so many different angles. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in my DMs, like straight cis women being like, my boyfriend likes anal play. Should I be concerned? Oh my God. And it's like, no, you should be thrilled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like... The Honey Pot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. Okay, so let's let's pretend someone's listening and is like, oh my God, I would have sent you that message. And I want to meet this person with like no judgment, all of the empathy. Someone is sitting here thinking like, holy shit, Bobby, I would have sent you that message. My, my mm-hmm. cis male partner came to me and said, I'm interested in anal play. And I have the response of, oh my God, should I be worried? What do you want to say to this person? So I would say the easiest way I always like to put it just most basic is that people have sexual orientations, not body parts. So, yes. you know, your butthole doesn't have a sexual orientation. There's, <laughs> there's, there's so many nerve endings in there. There are for people with prostates. There's one of your largest pre- uh, pleasure zones right there. You know, would it be there if maybe we weren't supposed to put something up there or, you know, like, let's, let's just right. talk about it. Like it's, it's a hole that can be penetrated and why, why not? Like it's all been socialized that, you know, anal sex is primarily for gay men where we're realizing now so many people are engaging in anal sex and it's kind of like the hot topic. Like everybody yeah. wants to, I know that everybody wants to try it no matter what your gender identity is, no matter what your sexual orientation is. It's something that, even if it's just a bucket list item, I'm all for exploring your sexual curiosities. Please do. I know a lot of people who are gay men who hate anal sex, yep. whether it's the penetrator or the the receptive person. So that's why I, I'm sure you might've seen on my page, I did a, a, I guess a little like personal campaign advocating for sides as a sexual position, which started for gay men, but then it blossomed into this big movement for people who don't enjoy penetration at all mm. so sides essentially represent the collective of people who don't enjoy penetrative intercourse so you enjoy more external stimulation say kissing mutual masturbation dry humping just things like that and just as many gay men are feel that way as straight men and straight women and non-binary people and it's just yeah. a personal preference we all have sex different ways first off we should we really need to like address and i know you are an advocate for this as well that penetration is not like the home run or the grand you know finale yep. of all intercourse at nope. all have sex nope. the way you want and what feels good for you what the hell are we following this heteronormative script yeah, it's bullshit. Or if it doesn't suit us, like it's bullshit. And it's also it it creates so much shame and doubt and confusion and like mm-hmm. uh, even as a queer woman who has a vagina, I have fallen victim. And I talk about this all the time and I have fallen victim to like oh, well we didn't do, you know, fill in the blank act. So like was it really? And I'm like, no, Rachel, your own definition of sex, literally my own definition of sex is a meaningful experience of pleasure. And here oh, I am in that, that moment being like, but did I have sex? Like, yes, yes, I did. Yes, yes, it was. And it takes some like serious mental 
reprogramming and conscious reconditioning to remember that because it's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely wild. And this well, and, assumption, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, we're both so bad. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I think that also to see penetration as like the be all and end all of sex is it's homophobic. It's, yep. you know, like people yep. with it's ableist. Some people yep. with disabilities cannot have penetrative sex and what? So they're th just because they're not penetrating somebody means like they're not having sex. Like everybody defines sex for themselves. I just right. find it. So I went through a phase where I, you know, after my surgery and everything, I found penetration almost like maybe this is going to sound exaggerated, but almost traumatic in a way. And yeah, that doesn't I, sound exaggerated. That makes sense. For almost a year and a half, I did not have penetration at all. And then that's where I found out from Dr. Dr. Joe Court, who uh, coined the term sides, who just kind of brought that out and was like, wow, I can't tell you how many people who like, since I've like helped amplify that message, because I wrote that on uh, Grindr. I wrote about sides on the Grindr column, and now Grindr has a sides preference on their app so you can identify as a side on the app so that tells people wait that's sick right so they yeah that tells people if you're into penetration i'm a side not for me but some people you know are more like verse sides so like maybe with somebody they feel comfortable with they'll try penetration you know it's a spectrum like all things in sexuality everything exists on a spectrum so if you're a side doesn't necessarily mean you're totally against it it just means maybe it's not your favorite thing and you'd rather do other things instead of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of like someone who uh, identifies as a switch. They may have a preference, you know, in terms of, let's say, uh, let's take this out of penetration. Let's say it's a, a dom sub mm -hmm. situation and someone identifies more as a switch, but they would generally prefer to be dommy. That exactly. doesn't mean that all the time they're going to want to be Dami. It literally means that their switch that most of the time prefers to be Dami and yeah. occasionally wants to sub. And so like, yeah, I think, oh God. Wow. Okay. All right. We digress. So <laughs> we've talked about anal training. We talked about beginners. We talked about advanced. We talked about uh, what it should feel like. Um, I want to address lube and then i think we're gonna wrap for today but then come back because people are gonna have a million questions i also <laughs> will link you guys i will link bobby and my uh butt stuff 101 workshop um in the notes of this some of the stuff that you'll hear will be repeats from what we've talked about just like very fundamentally but we go into a lot more detail so like bobby mentioned anatomy he like goes through pictures on your screen of what it looks like. You know, if you're more of a visual person, that'll be really helpful for you. Um, so talk to me about Lou, Bobby, and, and then we'll, we'll wrap. Yeah. Uh, again, Rachel and I huge advocates for lube. Uh, always lube is especially important for anal sex because it does not lubricate the, your butt does not lubricate itself. There is a slight lubricant that happens when your butt senses that something's in there. This is usually this is designed so that your stool goes through smoothly. It just kind of assists with that process, but it is nowhere near enough to make anal sex comfortable. So don't ever engage in anal sex without lube, especially as a beginner. I know some people are like, oh no, but spit, I spit works for me. And I'm not here to knock anybody, but as a sex educator, I cannot endorse that. That yeah. there's not enough. I find that people don't produce enough spit. Spit dries a lot quicker and actually leaves the area it touches drier than it was prior. There's just a whole list of reasons I'm not for spit. But well, it's kind of like when you lick your lips when they're chapped and then you're like, that feels amazing. And then like two seconds later, you're like, oh, it hurts more. <laughs> That's I love that. Absolutely. Yes. And so consider lube like chapstick for your lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so essentially you've got, I like to talk about, I like to categorize lube in three different. So there's water-based, silicone-based, oil-based, and there's also hybrid. But when you're engaging in anal sex, I tend to prefer silicone because silicone is known to be thicker, slicker, and last longer. And because the anal canal doesn't lubricate itself. You kind of want to keep it lubed so that you can keep engaging in anal sex 
without having to be like, pause, let's reapply. But if it does ever feel dry, do not hesitate to stop what you're doing and reapply because that's what's most important is your comfort level. But some people like water-based lubes and I recommend those when you're using silicone toys because silicone lube and silicone toys don't mesh. But I find with hybrid lubes, there's such a little amount of silicone in it that you can likely use those with uh, silicone based, I mean, silicone toys. So when it comes to anal sex, I always say choose a lube that is actually, do you know what? I want to mention Tush Kush from Yeah. That is, I like, that's a water-based lube that is very thick and almost gelatinous. So if you are, uh, you do favor water-based lubes, I would definitely say that one. Because that's my favorite one because you can do. use it with silicone toys and you can use it with penetration. So like you just don't have to think and be like, right. oh, do I have to change this because I'm using my plug now? Like it's, oh God, it's so good. That and um, the Wicked, if what is it called? It's like jelly, yes, water-based anal lube. Yeah. Those <laughs> yes. two are just like the oh chef's kiss chef's Rachel, kiss. we are on the exact those are my two faves too yay yeah. i'm all yes so honestly and i'm you know lib be liberal with lube that's yeah. you know it's an alliteration <laughs> it's perfect do it all use tons of it if you have to you know some people might complain like no i want more friction listen if you're the person receiving you should be dictating how much lube because you're the one who's in the more susceptible position. Yeah. Bottom rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that the one thing that we haven't said yet that I just want to name and uh, is that there are products out there to like desensitize oh. the anal area. And we see these products for like any type of sex, right? They're advertised as either like feel less pain or last longer. Uh, mm-hmm. They're these like, ugh, they're terrible. Your your butt, and Bobby, you can probably give a much better description of why this is, but like your butt is supposed to let you know when something hurts so that you stop. And if you are numbing the area, there is a chance that you are hurting yourself without even knowing it. It's kind of like if you numb, if you use like a numbing cream on a mosquito bite and in the middle of the night, you're just like fucking going to town scratching, you could tear open your skin and not even know because your your skin is numb. And it's the same thing with these anal products. Is that is that an accurate description? Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. That's and that's yeah, you want your body to tell you when it's like, no, this is I always like to use this as like the metaphor is the red light, yellow light, yeah, green light. You know, you need your body to tell you when things are going okay. You know, a little discomfort during anal sex, totally normal. You're gonna you, your body needs to, you know, acclimatize to whatever's happening. And you when as soon as it gets in the red and you're like, you get that sensation like get out this is hurting you that's your body saying you're just not ready yet you know you will be ready let me tell you as somebody who's had their butthole torn open and has worked their way through to becoming i can take you know i'll pat myself on the back some impressive sized toys now <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, you know like it's possible you just got to be super patient with your butt and just learn the intricacies and how it works and uh, to that point to the numbing lube i also caution against sensation lubes typically oh like hot and cold yes who mm-hmm. wants especially if anally because who wants hot in your butthole you know like you can have chipotle for that and then experience that later but it's <laughs> it's just like you don't these are these these tend to contain natural irritants that just aren't going to vibe with your butt. And if we're talking about microbiome, that's really going to disrupt it. So obviously just use the most baseline lube that without any frills or anything, if you do have something that you would like to um, ease inflammation with, I'm very much a big fan of uh, CBD suppositories. Mm. I don't, have you used those before, Rachel? Yeah. In fact, I have... Um... We've done some at-home me search uh, mm-hmm. with Foria's suppositories. Yes. 
uh, using them both before play and then after play and then not using them and then just using after or just using before and kind of seeing how it affects physiologically, like how it feels. Yeah, what do you find? So the first thing is that they are made of cocoa butter. And so it just kind of has this like yummy chocolate smell, (laughs) which is just great. Um, And that's not to say I really like I'm a big fan of body smells. Like I'm not one of those people that's like mask it with strawberries and like I like body smelling like bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is like a natural it's like very earthy it's just i don't know it's nice um but what i have noticed is that it helps with both the healing and repair after play totally. and it helps relax before play and it's not like relax like oh my brain is relaxed now there may be some science there but mm-hmm. literally physically the muscles yes. feel relaxed and everything just kind of feels like it's um I don't know if anybody out there listening has ever used a suppository vaginally for for cramps during your period. It's a similar sensation just in your in your butt. It's like this like, oh, my uterus feels like it's on a cloud type feeling. Um, But instead, it's just like your general anal area. Have you had similar? Yes. So when I first got my CBD suppositories, I also from Foria. I was skeptical because, you know, a lot of yeah. times CBD is considered like a snake oil type thing yep. for a lot of, and I was like, you know what, this is a journalistic pursuit. So I was writing an article <laughs> on do they work or don't they? And I was blown away. Yeah. I found that like my butt was hungrier for toys. Like it was just like, oh, like you're like, it really aided in arousal for me too. Just even the the process of doing you know like you're inserting something inside you so your fingers going in there so it's a little bit like it's like a A sexy process yeah yeah and you know it only takes what 20 minutes to melt and i was like oh i love this like it it was i definitely never numbing lubes if you're looking for something that kind of has a similar type it doesn't numb but it helps relax and ease the process of anything anally. You can still feel everything. It just helps yep. relax and helps ease inflammation and everything like that. So great yeah. for beginners, uh, intermediate, any level. Uh, something I did want to mention, and you know, I am an ambassador, so I just wanted to mention that there are also anal training kits for intermediate and expert players available at vibe yeah so it's called the master's degree edition oh i have that i have it isn't it like honestly that when this came out i was like this is what anal enthusiasts need because it is a full anal enthusiast pack (laughs) right and like you so often when we talk about anal sex it's usually for beginners but then people who are looking to you know really size up and get into say not necessarily fisting, but you can. That's when you yeah. work with the master's yeah. degree kit, you can absolutely engage in fisting because the largest toy, the Snug Plug 7, is indeed that it's size. So, it's so big. <laughs> it is. It's and so big. It's just like, you know, the cone that helps you measure, you know, yep. dilate. You can sit on it and it like has measurements of like how big your dilation can get, which, mm-hmm. oh, I just think like, Thank God for brands like, you know, B-Vibe and Future Method who are just kind of leading this crusade into like anal sex. Let's normalize it. It feels good. It's not taboo. You know, I I almost get to the point that people who are, you know, scared to engage in it just from like what they've been told or like a fear of homophobia or like what people it's it's sad because I'm like, you're missing out on something that could be so so satisfying like people will say for people with prostates orgasms when they're stimulated can be a third stronger like wow you know your normal orgasm plus 30 percent like come on now why don't you and i i remember when i had my first prostate-based orgasm didn't have to touch my penis nothing i know this is probably tmi but it was out of body like out of body i was in awe of what had happened and it's just what an incredible experience to when you know you're i was in my 30s and i'm like 
I just experienced something sexually for the very first time. Like what a yeah, fantastic, so cool. you know, our bodies are so incredible. Cool. It's really amazing. And I think that like, you know, if you've been, whether you are single, monogamous, not monogamous, been in a relationship for 30 years, like we all need to continue to stretch ourselves. And I think that we, <laughs> another pun. I was, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, we can get really stuck, whether this is in, you know, what we eat, uh, our friends, what we do for our hobbies, uh, how, what our self-care routine is, what we're doing at work, like every area of our life, we are creatures of habit and we need to do that for survival because we can't constantly be doing new things. Then we'd be like in this constant state of like, no, I'm not in danger brain. Thank you. Like we do <laughs> need to like have some routine, which is important and helpful. And we do need to stand within that comfort zone. And like the visual I want you to think of is like standing in the middle of a circle and like pushing out, not stepping out of your comfort zone, but standing in the middle of it and pushing it outward. And that goes for our sex lives too, whether that is solo exploration, whether that's exploration with one partner, whether that is exploring with multiple partners at once, whatever that looks like for you, trying new things is really important. And not being the expert in something, whether that is sexual or otherwise, is also a really, really important psychological experience. And, you know, part of the reason why people on The Bachelor, like these, these reality TV shows bond so quickly and people are like, how in the world? It's been three weeks. How are they? Blah, blah, blah. It's because they're doing all of these new things that are expanding their comfort zone together. And that is a very bonding experience and we we develop these connections with people who we try new things with and now that's not to say that you're going to like fall in love with the random hookup that you explore anal dilation with that's not what i'm saying but you will feel connected to yourself you'll feel connected to your body and i think that like one of the biggest takeaways bobby that i've learned from you is that there's always something to learn and there's always something to uh, aim for. And I think that that's, what's really fun about butt stuff is that there's this like growth aspect to it. You know, at the beginning of this conversation, we compared it to the gym. Like you get to see your progress. If your goal is to hit the snug plug three from mm -hmm. the snug plug one, one day you're going to be like, wow, the one is so intense. And then all of a sudden you're going to look at it and be like this little thing. <laughs> and like, that's such a cool experience. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, I loved that you brought up about just how anal sex can be, you know, exploring it for the first time can be a very bonding experience for a couple. You know, it's a new way to explore something new. And I find that one of the advantages of anal sex, too, is because it requires such communication and care that it is a fantastic way to bond with a partner and maybe just create a new way of communicating sexually that you might not have had to uh, it, approach before. Do you know, like vaginal mm -hmm. sex, you might just have done, you know, what you had to do, but anal sex is very, it takes. You got to communicate. Yes. And yeah. I just think that that's very, very uh, important. And I'm glad you brought that up as like, because anal sex is it's it can be romantic so people don't think that they think it's just this like taboo like wham bam thing i think it's very sensual and i think it's very erotic and very i i prefer my anal sex passionate if i'm being quite honest yeah, yeah. bobby thank you i you know I want to reach out. We talked about B vibe future method cake, wicked and for you. And I like want to ask them if they want to come create a basket for us to give out to people. For real. I'm, yeah. Right. I'm like, these are our like top tools when it comes to this stuff. So who knows? Maybe by the time you're listening to this, you'll see something in the show notes about that. But we'll be um, in touch. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be in touch. Bobby, is there anything that you want to leave everybody with today? You know, I would just like, I, I would say the message, the central messaging here was if you're curious about anal sex and you really want to explore it, please do. Don't let any outside influences shame you out of what you want to do sexually. If 
if you're comfortable, you know, use, just make sure you follow the guidelines that Rachel and I expressed in this chat and um, check out B-Vibe, of course. <laughs> That's yeah. everything. Good. Amazing. And Bobby, where can people, I'll put all of your links in the show notes, but for people who are listening in the car or on, you know, our more audio people, uh, where can they wow. find you? So I am at on Instagram and uh, TikTok, even though TikTok's a lot. Uh, I, I'm at by Bobby Box. So B-Y-B-O-B-B-Y-B-O-X. Perfect. Bobby, thank you. I adore you. I am so grateful that we got to do this. And uh, if y'all have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us. I will link all of these products in the show notes. I will link our workshop in the show notes and I will link where you can connect with Bobby in the show notes as well. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and go play with your buns. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together.